Hey there, Zlatko here from Taco Agency and the host of Taco Talk Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. On this episode, I had the pleasure to chat with Ryan Smith and Chris Cassell from Araxum. Araxum helps businesses get more customers through digital and content marketing. They also host their own podcast called Digital Marketing Happy Hour that focuses on marketing, technology, and all things life. I am personally a fan of the podcast and I listen to a lot of the gems they drop about content marketing and other topics. Make sure you check that out on all podcast platforms. Ryan and Chris worked together 10 years ago and always had the similar passion to help small and medium sized businesses get off the ground. That is how Raxum got started. They touch on how blogs were not the focus for businesses back in the day and how that mindset had to shift as time went on. The best way to reach out to Ryan and Chris is through LinkedIn. Check the show notes and you will see the relevant links and make sure you check out their podcast. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Boom. I think we're good to go. Um, all right. Well, pleasure to have you guys here, Chris and uh, Ryan. Um, so why don't you guys introduce yourselves in terms of what you guys do, uh, you know, your, your shop that you run and um, kind of give us the ins and outs. Um, I guess start off with maybe Ryan or Chris, whoever wants to get, kick it off. Sure. So we have a little website called Araxam. It's A-R-A-X-A-M.com. And there we really have it as your marketing and technology resource. You want to learn more information. Um, we provide, you know, blogs. We also have our own podcast, which is called the Digital Marketing Happy Hour. You can find that in all your major uh, platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and so forth. So that is just a little bit about Araxum. Both are passionate about digital marketing. Uh, we both have been in this space, I think, combined over 20 years now and then some. So, you know, getting a chance to be on your podcast and to talk more about digital marketing is for us is just, it's not work. It, this is fun. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, just to kind of echo what Ryan said, the genesis for our podcast came from, you know, Ryan and I started working together about 10 years ago. Um, and uh, we've worked two companies together. And then eventually about five or six years ago, we're like, you know, we've helped these, these companies. So we just kind of wanted to start our own thing to help other organizations be successful. And no matter where our, sort of our paths took us, we'd always try to meet up for a beer once a month, you know, at a bar and just kind of hang out, shoot the shit and whatnot. And this conversation always came back around to, you know, marketing and helping businesses kind of get off the ground. And we realized it was just such a joint passion for us that that was sort of the reason behind launching the website and launching the podcast is that we really just wanted to help organizations. You know, we found is that most small to medium sized businesses, most entrepreneurs, startups and whatnot, they typically you know, occasionally there's a unicorn that is good at everything, right? They're good at technology, they're good at finance, <laughs> or they're good at marketing and sales, but that's rare. Most of us come from it where we sort of have one skill set that we're very, very good at, right? Maybe it's the technology side of it. Maybe it's this, uh, you know, if let's say you're going into food and beverage, maybe you're an excellent chef, but you don't necessarily know all the other pieces, but you need them to be successful. Well, we just kind of wanted to show them that uh, it's not as daunting as it seems. There's lots of great free tools out there. There's lots of support among the community. And so we wanted to kind of surface that stuff to help organizations be successful because we have a lot of passion in, in uh, those success stories that you see out there of, of people that were scrapping it and then, you know, the overnight success as it were when they had that moment and everything kind of came together for them. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for thank you for for kind of uh, explaining that. I think that's truly uh, helpful for something like this. So, can you guys tell me a little bit about how you guys came to um, kind of build out what you're doing at the moment right now with the Raxum and where where you guys really thrive to help businesses in terms of you know the marketing aspects and what are some I guess even free tools that people uh, can utilize on their end uh, in terms of you know kind of getting up and running and then kind of progressing to the some of the more robust stuff. So I think that we had probably been talking about it for probably. I would say months. It was probably years before we got started, but <laughs> Ryan and I had an opportunity about four years ago. Uh, a lot of cities have this now, and here in uh, Tampa, Ybor City has what's called the Entrepreneurial Collaborative Center, which is basically an extension of the county government to help uh, they host SCORE, like the Small Business Administration, to kind of help organizations get off the ground. And they were hosting a series of workshops that were trying to teach some of the basics of digital marketing. And we were asked if we could lecture it, essentially present to that audience. And that was sort of the what cracked the door open for us, because it it allowed us to showcase some of the skills and knowledge that we had been doing in the private sector for so many years. But I think the thing that was so eye-opening for us was getting to work hand-in-hand -hand with those businesses and seeing the challenges that they they were faced with. We, we decided to launch the website and then uh, years later the podcast to provide some of those tools and resources to organizations. And Ryan and I's story, we sort of landed in the same spot of being passionate about helping businesses with growth. Uh, but we came at it from different angles. My background, I came up through the computer science side of things. I was a software developer for years and uh, actually ended up in the web side, which is how Ryan and I met. Web, some companies, they would put the web team with IT and other companies, they would put web with marketing, which I would argue is where it really belongs. And that yeah. was where Ryan and my path crossed. So I came at it from that angle. I'll let Ryan give you his story. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So exactly, it, we both complement each other. I, you know, I, I really got into the digital space back in 06. So I was creating for companies I was working for their first Facebook page. Then later after that was, okay, you need a blog. Well, we don't know if we want a blog. Let's start one. And so about three companies in a row, I was creating their first blog. And, and then Chris and I started collaborating when we started finally working together um, for, for a, a tech company they were very resistant of working, you know, trying to create a blog. And finally we got it. It started gaining organic traffic, you know, like anything, you have to be consistent creating this content. We're talking 2011-ish, right around there, 2012. And then all of a sudden, they had all these different products. Well, we want a new blog for each product that we have. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. But they ended up having, <laughs> you know, there was like, wait a minute. But they ended up having three different blogs um, at, at the time. So it was it was tough to get that buy-in. But once you got the buy-in, and I think which is big for a lot of, of businesses, especially when it comes to organic traffic, you must absolutely must manage expectations. So if you're going to create content in that content marketing game on the free side, it, it, this is a race that is a marathon. You know, if you want to quickly create content, get your brand out there, and you want to be number one in the rankings, then you got to put your money where your mouth is. Go and invest in Google PPC. Um, then you can get ahead in the rankings. And so that's a big thing. I think a lot of businesses that we've worked with when it comes to creating that blog content, we, we learned this along the way, is when you're talking to your boss or if you own your own company, you have to manage your own expectations. You're an entrepreneur. So in that case, then it's important to know, okay, it's going to take six months 
minimum. Don't even look at your traffic. I mean, you want to look at it, but don't, right. don't grade it just, you know, then and there. So that was a big thing that we learned um, along the way. And kind of what Chris was saying, you know, we started off really just local. And I think that's good for anybody is find the free tools you have in your local community if you don't have it, especially in a time like this um, where a lot of businesses, you know, are all working remotely. You know, you can, yeah. the places that were physical and brick and mortar, um, they're now, you know, go to their website. They're still offering free resources. A lot of them is just, you know, virtual now. What we learned is speaking with entrepreneurs and small to medium-sized businesses, they were passionate about their product and their service. They know how to create it. Um, they know their product in and out. It, it was amazing to me. And you still see this in 2020. They still a lot of people don't know how to market it, how to get that, build that brand awareness, drive the traffic. And for us, Chris and I, that was kind of second nature. And, you know, I think developing the product for me is always the tough thing. Uh, I can market it, just give it to me. So working with them, these, these small to medium sized businesses, that was something we came across. And Chris and I really, we started thinking like, hmm, there, I guess there's something there. You know, this was even five years ago, whatever it was, six years ago. So for us, it was working with the community and that's kind of where all this started coming from of creating this website. And for us, um, we've been doing this for 10 years and I, we haven't even tried to profit of, of any tools at all. Um, courses have done workshops we've done. It, and really for us, it has just been always, let's get the knowledge out there. So that is kind of, you know, where we, how we came about meeting each other. Uh, you know, my passion's always been marketing, marketing strategy, you know, work using social media marketing, using content marketing. I know Z, you're big with HubSpot. We're big fans of HubSpot. Uh, I've actually right. had the chance to go to Cambridge and I've toured uh, HubSpot several years ago and their big conference is inbound, which I would argue is probably the best marketing conference on earth. There's a lot of great ones, uh, but wow. this is definitely that's, on the show. That's list. a lot to say. That's a lot to say. I've heard a lot of good things about it. It, it is, it, it, and they keep getting better. And it's unfortunate that through this, you know, COVID-19 experience, that those conferences, at least in 2020, are not going to happen in person. You know, a lot of them are moving, you know, talk about digital transformation, transforming to virtual only, which will be nice, but you, there's no, you can't replicate online, which you get, you know, being at those conferences uh, with it. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where we've been. And in, in, in some of the tools, you talk about free tools, uh, HubSpot, you know, has, goes by the freemium model. And right. I think every, everywhere from, you know, getting into, you know, I know they have a CMS, they have a CRM. Uh, I tell every single person, if you don't have a CRM, there's no excuse. You don't need Salesforce. You right. can use HubSpot's CRM that's free. And as you build your base, you know, it's a freemium. I think you get what, a couple, couple thousand contacts you get. Well, by the time right. you're getting up to 2,000, hopefully you're making enough money that you can then invest and upgrade in there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, that that's awesome. Let me ask you on that on that whole blogging model. What's the tool that you guys used at that time in like 2006 or 2011? I think you said, uh, what did you guys use? Was it blogger? Was it WordPress? What was it at the time? 
Yeah, WordPress. WordPress, because as Ryan said, we needed free tools, right? And at the time, and this was really more in, in Ryan's camp because uh, I, at the time, and, and even now, I love the operations side of things. So it was really trying to figure out how are we going to solve this? And he's like, I'm trying to get this blog started. How do I get the back end working? And they didn't want to, the company was was afraid, quite honestly, uh, because right. of the resources needed. They really didn't want to put a lot into it. And so I was allowed to allocate some time to get it started, but it wasn't my primary focus. So Ryan and I would have these sidebar conversations like, how, how the heck are we going to do this? I'm like, well, we're going to start with free tools because we have no budget and to this day they're still using wordpress as it's gotten bigger and bigger so what does that say for free tools right right exactly exactly and and honestly till this day i mean we work with uh, my agency works with a lot of uh, primarily a uh, shopify um you know e-commerce stores and i still till this mm -hmm. day will always say that you know shopify is not a blogging platform that's why you have wordpress and that's why right. even now i mean like web flows coming around and all these different tools for something that's a little bit more like drag and drop type of you know scenario where you don't require so much code and different things but at the end of the day i think wordpress is is still kind of the head honcho when it comes to all the you know seo factors and everything that you want to consider when you're actually putting in that time to put together that content so i think that's that's really really awesome um and uh for you guys how many so how many i guess small businesses or or clients at the moment are you guys you know uh working with on a day-to-day -day basis and how does that you know work for you guys? How do, how's the time allocated? Is it mostly, you know, focusing a lot of the stuff on the podcast now and that's really how the information gets delivered or is it more so, you know, going into, you know, well, not at this moment, but kind of, you know, working people virtually and kind of getting them geared up for everything. Uh, it, the podcast w without a doubt, I think is, is the best way to, to get it out there. Um, we have been surprised uh, digital marketing happy hour is I think we're in over 30 countries now where people have, you know, listened to it. And one thing when we, and I, we, and by the way, Chris and I are both analytical geeks. Like I love getting into Google analytics and, yeah. and looking at the data. And so I, one of the things I always like to look at is, is the different countries that people are coming to. In my history, going back a little bit, um, international marketing is, um, I went to grad school. And so I have a master's degree in international marketing management from Boston University. And that really just, I was always interested in travel and international and what's the best right. way to travel is have somebody else pay for you to travel. So that was really <laughs> one of my goals of doing this is to have businesses do it. And I actually had the opportunity um, a few years ago to do training workshops and I went over to Dubai actually twice and did workshops over there. Um, and one thing I found out even in the Middle East and, and then looking at where people are listening to our podcast from, cultures are different right? Everybody's problems are the same. It doesn't matter what you look like. Everybody has the same problems. It's in the business world anyway. And one of the things we found is generating brand awareness. People still struggle with that, how to do it, generating leads. What do you do with the leads? How do you nurture those leads? That's a big thing that I, you know, I found where everybody loves to go right to the direct sales. You, know, um, you see it on LinkedIn. You connect with somebody and they boom, they hit you with a pitch about buying their service. Like, did you even, do you know anything about me? And I'll right. get these like, you know, freelancing IT services or um, some all white labeling, you, you know, all it's things that I'm not even in the market for. Um, and you know, it's like going to a bar, you see, you go to a bar, you see a pretty woman, you sit down next to her and you say, Hey, you know, want to go to the chapel and get married. It's like, no, 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 no. You know, buy a drink, yeah. have a conversation. <laughs> 
know. that's a good example of what I feel like on LinkedIn sometimes, man. Exactly. Uh. Yeah. So, so those are the things we run into. And I think just looking at the analytics and you say with the platform we found is, is podcasting and I, and I, you know, just like yours, it, it's fantastic to have these conversations. So the, the biggest takeaway I, I've found in my journey is everybody has the same problems. It's whether it's in our backyard of Tampa, Florida, or I, you know, or we're speaking to people through the podcast that are in, you know, Nairobi, they right. all have the same problems. And so these are things that we've just kind of learned uh, along the way. And so podcasting right now, that especially in this where you can't travel and so forth, um, it's the best platform to get your message out. I agree. I 100% agree. And I think, uh, I think it's, it has a lot to say also when you, you do figure that out, when you do go across other countries and different things and you see, uh, you know, that everyone does have the same problem. No one's figured it out to say, hey, I have the special sauce that works every single time. Like you said, building brand awareness, you have to spend money on brand awareness. And I think uh, for us, like when we talk to a lot of our clients and different things. Um, and again, we're e-commerce. So it's like everything is sell, sell, sell. But it's like when you get to that point where, you know, you, you, I always say you can do all the paid ads, you can do all of that stuff and that's great. But that stuff at some point is going to go away if you run out of money. The minute that you start investing into your content and into your blog, into everything you're doing, that's going to stay on your website for the rest of the time. And it's always going to be able to be ranked within the Google pipelines and, and different things that allow people to bring that traffic back. So if you can write a really compelling piece on people or, or on your brand and you have good writers in house, then that's really where, where the value, at least for us, like I have this amazing head of marketing on our end and we have like six writers and, you know, when, when they do something, it really comes from a place of, Hey, it is a little bit on the SEO side, but we also want to make it fun and happy and quirky so that people could actually remember us for something. So it's just like, I think that's really where people start have to start if they haven't already start shifting into that world and saying, you know what, this is going to be a blog that's going to be, you know, really, really uh, sticking to my, it's stuck to your business. It's not some ad that's going to go away after 24 hours type of thing. Right. Right. And I think most of the time you see, or at least one of the things that Ryan and I have seen continuously is uh, from, especially from the sales side, people tend to be very solution oriented, right? So they want to jump right in and, and here's the, the solution we've come up with. Well, the first step is problem identification, because if you're right. not solving the right problem, then it, it doesn't matter how much energy you put into it, right? So it's taking the time to make sure you're solving that problem correctly. And we've seen so many people that'll say, I got a budget, I wanted to buy Pandora ads, or I wanna go get a billboard, or I wanna do a radio spot. And it's like, hang on, is that where your audience is? Right. And most of them, they, they, don't, they don't even know enough to look at the data. 90% of developing an effective campaign is all in the planning stages. It's mm, all yeah. in sifting through the data, making sure you've properly identified the problem, identify what your goals are going to be, identified your audience, and then developing a strategy that helps meet the audience where they live, work, and play. And everyone's customers, in my opinion, live in different places. There's some obviously some overlap, but if Pandora works for somebody, it might not work for the other person. And I think right. that's- a, And just because it has a huge reach, doesn't mean that reach will be successful for your audience, to your point. Exactly, exactly. And, and you're talking about segmentation, you know, and saying, you know, part of your audience could be in, in and I think that's big too. And, and to Chris's right. point, when you're asking these questions, a lot of times they're like, you get a shoulder shrug or you'll get the response, I don't know. And, and you kind of have to go back to it. Well, it's like, well, why don't you know? You right. need to find these out. And you keep, you know, just you, as a business, you have to keep challenging yourself 
if you're a solopreneur, small business, or your department, you have to keep challenging them to keep digging deeper. It is marketing and understanding your audience is an onion and there are a ton of layers. Most people look at it or they'll peel one layer back. It's deep down. And yeah. tools that, that I really love to give you the information is talking about free tools is Facebook. And I'm not even talking about the Facebook ads standpoint of it. A lot of people don't even look at the page insights. Now, you have to have people liking your Facebook page to, right. to get an understanding of that. But you can go to the page insights and start getting an idea of all the demographics and, and, and interests that people have on Facebook. You create that. Open up your Google Analytics. Look at the interests there. It, Google Analytics will tell you people are in the market for something, you know? Right, So then right. you look at that. You put all that down. Now you start looking at other different areas. Um, if you're a B2B or B2C, I highly recommend that people put in the LinkedIn tag on your website, even if you're not buying ads. Put that on because it will start collecting information of everybody that is visiting your website. And if you're a B2B company, a lot of these times you can't just start running ads. You need to have that pixel, that code on your website to start collecting data. Sometimes depending on the size, it could take you know a month, 90 days, who knows how long. Right. I'm all about put all that on there uh, through a Google Tag Manager so it doesn't slow your site down and start collecting the data. So that way you can effectively, you know, once you start looking at the demographics on Google Analytics, Facebook, LinkedIn, so forth, now you have a better idea of who your audience is create a persona, an ideal customer avatar. You give it a name, you know, uh, you know, Jane, Mary, whoever, right. you know, and, and, and you create it as if that is a person that you're talking to in real life, as if they were talking to you right now. And you, you know, you almost want to paint a picture. What are their hobbies? What are they like? Because when you get into the paid part of like a Facebook, you can get very granular in who you're targeting. We're targeting, yeah. you know, um, you know, divorced females uh, with a college education who love dogs, you know, whatever it is, if you find out that's who you're going after, depending on your product and service, now you can get really granular and you will end up having a lower cost per acquisition than when you do the whole um, prey and spray approach, you know, and something's bound to stick. Yeah, eventually it will stick, but it also costs you an arm and a leg, you know, to get that information. So those are some of the ways, you know, a, kind of better to understand your audience and using some of these free tools that you have at your disposal that sometimes there's so it's almost like it's so obvious that people forget about it and don't even use it. Exactly, exactly. And then that's kind of uh, that that's that takes me kind of to my next point is like a lot of that automation, a lot of the stuff is right in front of in front of people too. like Google tag tag manager, you literally just drop in all your pixels, everything that you need in there. Um, and it could be literally one thing on your website that gives you all the data that you need. And even if you just spend, you know, a few hours out of the month and every 30 days or every 60 days and just going through that and combing through it. And uh, I, I think it's well worth the time and all also better money spent, right? Because at the end of the day, especially hard times like this, people are pu pulling out loans and different things to, you know, uh, make sure that their businesses keep, uh, you know, up and running. And at the end of the day, if you have that data, you probably have really, uh, you have much higher chances to, you know, um, get those people to buy into your business and into your brand or, or, or whatever you're selling, whether it's a course or anything like that. So no, I think, I think that's awesome. I think that's really, really good advice for, for anybody. Um, are you guys, uh, how many people are currently on your guys' team at the moment? Is it just you two? You're looking at it. Yeah. I yeah. love it. I yeah, love it. Yeah. 
I mean, we it. work with a lot of third-party contractors, but we feel like we play to our strengths. And so the things that we don't have in-house, we leverage experts for. That's awesome. That's awesome. And do you guys delegate a, a good amount of your like day-to-day -day work to a lot of the contractor stuff? Or, or where's your guys' main like focus on a day-to-day -day if you want to run me through it really quickly? You know, right now it's do. yeah go ahead, go ahead. Right. i was just saying it's content creation <laughs> i mean that's that's our big thing and and you know you can't i don't like sending out through like fiverr and having somebody do something uh that that we can do because all of our stuff is the knowledge and experience that we have accumulated over time both successes and as you say in the failures i've learned more from failures than i've ever learned uh from successes so you can't you can't replicate that from you know, somebody in Bangladesh who's doing it for you. You can right. have them do maybe some graphics and things like that, I think is great. Um, but when it comes to the content creation, we do the podcast, that's the big thing. And you know, you take one piece of content and then you redistribute it among multiple platforms. So part of our strategy, and this is something we do in house, um, part of it is it's, 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 it's a passion. I, I kind of like doing, you know, we record, um, then it gets obviously edited, podcast, podcast then becomes a blog post, right? So then we create a whole blog post with a link to the website or to, to the website, but also links to um, the, uh, the uh, podcast as well. Then you take, you know, you create an infographic or some sort of picture um, that's great for social media, embed that as well inside uh, the blog post. Also use that on Instagram. So, so really it's something that we do in house because um, I feel nobody a cares about your product or your stuff than you do more than you do. Right. And, you know, we enjoy it. To me, it's not work. It's, it's fun. And, and at, you talked about, you know, data at the end of this is the things I love is after it's all, everything's published and deployed, you know, emailed out is now going back and looking and seeing what the responses were because right. it helps you move the needle forward the next time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the biggest thing I think we've seen, and I'm sure this is true for you as well, with, with small to medium sized business owners, the one thing they all have in common, and you have to have it if you're going to, if you're going to take that leap and launch a business is passion. And it doesn't matter if what they're running is a restaurant and they're very passionate about cooking or they're an agency and they represent clients. They're very, very passionate about what they do. It's no different for Ryan and I, right? We really love this side of things. And so there are certain things that we've acknowledged. That's not our strength. Ryan and I are not graphic designers. So, we, you know, we, we leverage outside uh, agencies and whatnot for that. We've got one that we work with. That's been fantastic. But then there's other aspects of it. Like I'm not an audio engineer, but I actually love, I geek out over going through after we've recorded for the podcast because I like to mix in some sound bites and things like that. And I care so much about that content that that's something that I'm doing right now. Now, am I going to do that forever as we start to evolve into doing more coursework and stuff? No, of course not. But to Ryan's point, the content is really the heart of it and it's authentic. You know, you're talking earlier about some of the, uh, posts and whatnot that you put out and, and the way you add sort of your flavor to it. Well, it's very much the same with us. And there's a level of authenticity there. The most recent podcast we just launched, um, the title of it was something along, along the lines of pivot like Ross for your small business to survive and thrive. That's a friend's <laughs> reference, right? Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. cheesy enough that it represents Ryan and I, but I think it's relatable and it's authentic to who we are. And so the, we try to make sure that all of the content that really lives through in it, which is why we're probably doing more of it than we will end up doing in the long term. 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Do you guys still get to, uh, do you guys still get to uh, a lot of the stuff like using project management tools and different things like that? Do you guys want to speak on kind of like the, uh, I guess the core, uh, core tools that you guys use internally, whether it's, you know, for editing or, or anything like that? Sure. Is, is there anything on that side of things? Yeah. I mean, ag again, it's primarily free stuff. Uh, Asana is the primary program we use for uh, project management just because we found it so easy and it integrates yeah. with so much, but we tend to leverage Dropbox for file sharing. We're using Google Drive, particularly Google Sheets and Docs for uh, sharing of information and putting together project plans and things of that nature. Uh, we're using HubSpot. We're on a free model for that as well for kind of sort of managing leads and, and things of that nature. Um, audio editing, I'm using Audacity, which is a free open source tool. I'm trying to think of uh, anything else you can think of, Ryan. Yeah, I, I think the only other thing I can think of too is um, Trint, T-R-I-N-T. That is a, now that's not free, it's, it's a premium, but it transcribes. So, um, you know, all oh, nice. of the, and, and so using that is to create uh, the, uh, the blog posts. Um, Try to, a couple of different transcription services. Um, nobody is perfect. You have to read everything over again. But the information is definitely, you know, is I would say probably 90% correct. And then you have to change some things. Sometimes it puts a period where maybe a period shouldn't go and, and correct some words. But, uh, but other than that, that's part of the, the content of the podcast. Those are definitely some of the services. Again, 99% of everything we just said are all free tools. Uh, only yeah. one so far has been a, a premium. Even I love on the it. Data side, we're using Google Analytics. We're using, we're still using WordPress to this day to host blogs because <laughs> it's got so many great third-party plugins. True. So. I, I love it. I love it. Um, and so I, I do have a, a, a one question that I kind of try to ask a, a lot of the the guests. What is the one key component? And you guys might have covered this. Uh, that sets you guys apart from any other, uh, you know, kind of content agency or content shop, you know, providing services to clients? Is there anything that you guys would say, hey, you know, I know you guys obviously have the passion and everything like that, and you guys take your shit really seriously. Uh, but what would you say is like, when you guys came together, it's like, we haven't seen anybody do this. Let's make this, you know, let's work towards this, or let's make this kind of our core competency about why people come to work with us, or why we would want to go work with somebody because I think from our perspective is as much as clients choose you, you have the right to choose your clients Absolutely. as well. So we want to make sure we're always working with people that have the same um, kind of, uh, I well, not same ideas, but more so have some sort of compatibility with each other to say, hey, you know, I, I like you even just as a person and we might not agree on, you know, certain business things. We can still keep our relationship going even if we don't work together type of thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I would like to tell you it's that we're more authentic or that we're more passionate, but I think that's true of, of a lot of people in the space. For me, I think the one thing that's been, that's really set us apart, I think Ryan mentioned earlier, is we're both data geeks. I don't like to make decisions based on opinions. We always sit down and say, hang on, what does the data say? And if we don't have it, how do we go get it? And so our big selling point with businesses is how do we sift through the data you have or collect the appropriate data so that you truly understand what the problem is and who the audience is, and then we will work with you to develop strategies to solve it. I, I would it. say we're not, Chris and I don't reinvent the wheel, right? Right. You know, I'm not going to tell you anything that's going to be, you know, different than what Gary Vaynerchuk or Seth Godin for the most part <laughs> right. is going to say. That's okay. You know, that's, and, and here's the thing, you know, this is where imposter syndrome comes in. I don't know if I can do it, this and that. We're all unique. We all have personalities. 
nobody here, whether it's on this, this, you know, podcast or around the world, we're not made for everybody. Okay. Right. People, if you bring out your personality, that will gravitate and you use your knowledge and the passion, all that, it will bring people to you and vice versa. So what stands us apart? You know, it's our personality. There's only one Chris Casale. There's only one Ryan Smith. Well, there's 50 million Ryan Smiths. But there's only this one here. <laughs> I was just about to say, there was a, probably a lot more Ryan Smiths out there. <laughs> and there I actually think are a it. few other Chris Casales, if you can believe them. They, they might be. <laughs> I think so I might be one of the only unique ones here then. <laughs> you might, well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's it. It's your, and I, and I would say to everybody, you know, don't be afraid to get started. Are you going to say something that 500 people before you said good chance, very yeah. good chance it's going to happen, but that's okay because people are drawn to you by your passion, maybe by how you tell a story, how you teach, you know, how you educate your product or service. That's what's going to draw people. And a lot of times they're not buying necessarily the product. They're buying the people behind the product, you know? And I think one of the, the greats uh, of this is Simon Sinek. And his, his book that shot him through, you know, like a rocket was, you know, uh, it starts with why. Is that what it is? Right. I just lost it for a second. Yeah. Um, Chris and I both had a chance to hear him speak in person. And um, he, he's a, a phenomenal storyteller, you know? And, and people have replicated what he has done. But really... That whole concept is, you know, it's, it's about people buying who you are. You know, what's your why? Why are you doing this? You know, you can have the same widget 50 million other people have. What stands out from you? A lot of times it's your passion. It's your customer service. Are you doing the right thing uh, for your employees, for other people? People read into that. People see that they're not afraid to go and learn more about you. I've worked with a ton of car dealerships. And that is an in interesting industry. Cars are a necessity. Yeah. Unless you live in Manhattan. Outside of that, <laughs> cars are a necessity, you know, it, it around the world. Everybody hates car dealerships. You go to it because you have to go to it. What's interesting is, and I always try to tell all the car dealerships I worked with is you have to humanize your brand. People get anxiety. It's like coming to the doctor's office. They don't want to do it. They all feel they're getting ripped off. Even it, so create videos, create content to show that you're not the cheesy, you know, slicks, you know, used car salesman with a slicked hair back, but you really are family friendly. You give back to the community. Don't just do it, put it on your website. And what's interesting is, and I see this a lot with car dealerships, maybe even more so than other industries, the about us, about the dealership gets a ton of views. You get that a lot with that because people want to learn more. How are you different than somebody else? How do I know I can trust you? And that's what they go to for. Can I build trust? You know, can I trust you that I'm going to pay thousands, tens of thousands of dollars? Um, you know, it's one of the biggest purchases people make in their lifetime is buying a car. So I think that's how you distinguish yourself rarely is somebody going to come to your dealership because they want that specific make and model, right. especially in, in an era where it's, you know, it's a recession and, and all this stuff. People still need cars. People are still buying cars right now. And I think it's important that, but they're, they're, they're going a, what can they afford, but B, who can they trust? You know? Right. And so that is a big part of how do you distinguish yourself, whether it's, you know, through consulting or you're selling a, a, a product. It's it's through your personality. Who do you, who would you say? 
sorry, I just wanted to ask quickly, who would you say has the best about us page in terms of the, in terms of the, of the car world in, in your opinion? Have you, have you done any research be like, these guys did it right? You know, nothing that super stands out. I think you can find, what I would say is when you look at the bigger groups and, and a lot of these, uh, especially in Florida, Florida is almost all owned by major uh, dealership groups. So the, mm -hmm. the, the days of the mom and pops are slowly going away. It's actually unfortunate. Right. So you're seeing huge dealership groups that might own five dealerships, 50 dealerships all throughout several states. Those are the ones that actually do have some of the best about us pages and i'm not going to promote any specific ones but but go right. check out some of those those are the ones that you can uh look at the ones who have the worst are usually the mom and pop and they're the ones who need the most help i right. I, I would say that yeah no that's 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 awesome to know um and then uh just uh in terms of just kind of uh you know closing this up and i don't um you know uh i don't want to kind of keep going on the on the same thing but in terms of just overall uh kind of next steps for you guys and evolving your you know podcast and everything that you guys are doing where where do you guys um, what are some of the big changes that you guys think are going to, or what are your predictions going to happen in terms of all this, you know, COVID stuff happening, how businesses are transforming, businesses are closing down, new opportunities are coming up, you know, different things like that. Where do you guys um, kind of see things moving and, and what, what do you, what do you, what is one of your predictions where you're like, oh yeah, this is going to be a big thing in the next like two to three years, depending on how this whole COVID thing rolls out. Well, I can tell you the, the easy, obvious one up front is the digital transformation is no longer optional, right? Yeah. I mean, if you if you are not in the digital space today, you do not exist. With brick and mortar locations, uh, you, you you weren't able to be open. Um, and, you know, if you didn't have a digital presence, and those that did have a digital presence actually have survived or have been able to weather this a lot more effectively. And a lot of them are having to make uh, pivots and really make changes to their business model. And it's those, you know, you cannot continue to sell typewriters in a digital world. You have right. to do an inventory of what you currently have and how you can serve. And I hate to overuse the cliche of like the new normal after COVID, but it's true. A lot of businesses, the early data is showing a lot of these businesses, particularly those in retail, food and beverage, uh, health and fitness and whatnot, they're not coming back. They're not gonna be able to reopen their doors. So when the world reopens, what is it gonna look like? And I think that digital transformation is first and foremost, if you don't live in the digital space, you don't live. Yeah, yeah. It, it, in, in Tampa, we, we have a really good local brewery scene here. There's, it, there's tons. I mean, it, it's, it's taken off in the last five, seven years, something like that. But with all this, a lot of them had to shut down and or they had to change and we, we kind of talk about pivot like ross from friends right they pivoted and they started getting into the hand sanitizer uh, a lot of them have done that and i think that's that's one example how how businesses who will make this on the other side or at least they'll be able to do this to hold out long enough before they can start selling their product because let's face it you know alcohol sales you know is recession proof except when you are forced to shut down Outside right. of that, um, you know, that, that's something that will always, always be around. So if your local city, county government is, has a mandate and they're shut down, then what do you do? And I think those are the ones that will be able to hold off. And when things get open again, then they'll be back making their, their revenue like they were before. So that to me is just one example of how we're going to see this. You have to think a cliche, 
Think outside the box. What right. can you do to survive? And you do it because you have to. And you have to go back and whiteboard it and see, okay, let's, let's take a look, step back, let's brainstorm, let's whiteboard all of this. What do we have? What's at our disposal? What can we do? If you're a restaurant, you know, we, we talk about you know, the content creation. Create videos. Hey, here at you know, XYZ, this is how we make our pizza. You know, here's, here's all the ingredients that we use and go through it, create content uh, that way. Now, is that going to be direct revenue? No, but if you're shut down, but your kitchen is open and you can do takeout orders uh, and deliveries and you never were doing it online before, now you can. Now all of a sudden you have a contract with Uber Eats or you know Grubhub or something like that so that they can do the deliveries. That would be another example of that digital transformation and getting people aware, showing them all the ingredients. And here's one thing I'm not never worried about is giving people all the ingredients to do something. Our right. ingredients are marketing. We go through and say, here's how you create a marketing campaign. I'm not going to charge you for that because, you know, if you ever try to cook uh, a recipe, you buy a cookbook and you try to, to, to do it. If you're not a professional chef, it's not going to taste like you know, any of those chefs you see on the cooking, the food network, anything like that, right? You can make it. People will always go back and, you know, to that restaurant when they can. I think the same things here, give away the ingredients. That doesn't mean they're still not going to come to you, you know, for it. And if they never do, you still build your brand awareness. You're still going to be locked in their head. They're still going to think about you down the road. It might not be instant gratification that you're going to get a sale from that person, but they will remember you when the time is right for them. So um, I, I agree, Chris, 100%, digital transformation, you're forced to do it now. You have to figure it out. Where there's a will, there's a way. And the biggest thing, uh, I'm a big fan of Marie Forleo, and she came out with a book, uh, I think it was early in 2020, and her book is Everything is Figureoutable. And it's yeah. such a great motto to live by. And, and businesses have to figure it out. It, there's a way you just have to, you know, figure it out. So that is the biggest thing I would, I agree with, with Chris on that. I 100% agree. I love that. I love that saying, because that's literally how I work. Throw me in the jungle and I'll work it out and I'll figure it out and, and get to that point. See, my thing was when, when all this was happening, we started seeing the transformation of like brick and mortar and restaurants and coffee shops. Some stayed open because they had the drive through others had to completely shut down. For me, I feel like now the whole construction industry and everything that's being built, all the new stuff, like we have uh, building going on all the time here in the Sacramento area. It's one of those things where I feel like every restaurant, no matter if you're high end, low end, whatever, it's actually the fine dine restaurants that are actually going out of business and never coming back because they can't do to go orders. My thing is, aside from all the grub hubs and everything like that, I think people are going to be forced to have a drive-through option for whatever they're doing. Have some sort of gateway, even if it's like a big window where just people pull out, you give them their food or something like that. Because as much as I love delivery, I still like going out and maybe scouring, going down the street and be like, what am I going to eat today? Like, let me kind of go into one of these places. And when you drive down and you can't really figure out what's open and what's not, rather than, you know, having everybody pretty much be open just because they can do like sort of like the takeout model and different things like that. So I think that's going to be a, a, a huge thing going forward. And I think, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, Chris, you're absolutely right. If you're not on the digital platforms, I mean, we saw it happening in the beginning when people knew that things were shutting down. Everyone's jumping over to Shopify because it was so easy to set up, get up and running, you know, get a template, throw it on there, take a couple of pictures of your products. Nothing has to be amazing. Nothing. 
and we had a client recently who sells wine and they were just like, hey, we had no idea that our, our license even allowed us to sell wine online because it's, you know, alcohol and all this other stuff. The minute that we figured that out, we're doing like 10 grand a month during COVID because people are buying wine online and they're having it delivered to their house or coming to pick it up at our restaurant and different things like that. So yeah, I think people just have to figure it out. They have to come up with new ideas and they have to be almost willing to spend money to even for maybe even some consulting or whatever it is to say, hey, you know, you've been in the content marketing space, you've been in the agency, whatever that space you're in, can you give us some advice on how we can go about this? Because we don't really have anybody like that in house and we just need to keep our business doors open and we need to continue making money. Otherwise we're all gonna, you know, kind of shit the bed at that point. Yeah. You know what yeah, I love it too? Content marketing, real quick, is uh, is key. And I think every business, fine dining, local steakhouse uh, yeah. in, in Clearwater, Florida, shut down. So what they do, they started doing uh, selling their fillets, and then they had they created like this whole basket. You order it ahead of time, call in, pay for it. You come by, you can pick it up. On Wednesdays, they do a virtual wine tasting. They do Facebook lives, uh, so they're always talking with their their sommelier uh, to keep it up. You can then purchase those wines, you know, when you're you're doing your order and so forth. And I thought that was just a great example of a mom and pop local. Uh, I love that house that is kind of reinventing themselves when, when you couldn't go inside, they took all the tables and they put it outside in the parking lot. So they, they covered half the parking lot. You couldn't park there so that it could continue to do business. And it's those little things. And this is Florida, by the way, where in the summertime, the heat index, it feels 105 to 110 degrees outside. Yeah. So for me, it's an awful experience, but they were trying to do the best they can with it. And right. I totally give them kudos for that. I'll take the to-go and, and grill it at home. <laughs> but, but, yeah. but I think the big thing too is they, they, they reinvented themselves a little bit in going to your point. I think content marketing, everybody should be in content marketing. A fine dining restaurant that you traditionally went to to eat inside should be a content marketing machine. Exactly. All, all companies whether it's a brick and mortar restaurant should be a media company. If they start thinking we're a media company that also serves food, that serves great wine, I think that mental shift is all they need. And then they start thinking themselves and all of a sudden it produces the content. They start creating these Facebook lives, Instagram lives. They do TikTok. TikTok doesn't have to be a silly dance. You know, right, there's actually right. a lot of business that happens on TikTok. You create those, all of a sudden your brand awareness just shot through the roof and you're letting people know, hey, while the rest of the world is shut down, we still have, our kitchen is still open. You just can't eat inside, but right. here's different ways. And we're going to educate you on how to create the perfect steak. We're going to educate you on the wines that you love. And this local steakhouse started doing that. And to me, I think every business, no matter what you are, should take that a similar approach to that. Absolutely. I think businesses have to reshape the way they think too. I think there's a sense of a lot of organizations because they're run by humans operate out of a place of fear, right? right it's not going right. for what you want. It's avoiding losing what you already have. And I think that uh, this is going to change the way all of us uh, sort of live, work and play, right? I mean, even when we're told you can go back out into the world today, um, how many people are going to pack into movie theaters or restaurants the way they did before? So I think that you have to be really open to it. I mean, telecommuting is a great example. We've been able to telecommute for what, 20, 25 years at this point. Yeah. And yet some of the largest companies in the world didn't allow for it. tech companies where people lived in that space. They still had to go into work every day. And all of a sudden the world shuts down and people are told you have to work remotely. And I think what that did is open people's eyes to this does work, 
we're just as productive, maybe even more productive than we right. were before, right? And so now you've got a lot of companies announcing, we're going to embrace this. And so now if you're recruiting somebody for a position, you don't have to look in just your regional area. You can recruit them from anywhere, right? So how does that change the, the business landscape? So I think a lot of it is uh, organizations are going to have to change that mindset and operate, uh, open themselves up, be a little bit vulnerable, whether it's creating content or changing some of the business processes. They're going to have to think differently about it moving forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think what, what uh, Ryan said too, is like, you have to think of yourself as a media company that sells, that sells food or sells drinks or whatever it is, because at that point you're, you're gra gravitating towards a whole different market, a whole different type, like those businesses, that steakhouse that you, you sometimes might not even eat steak and you just can appreciate what they're doing. You might go over there and just throw a little donation in their little donation box. Be like, hopefully this helps you guys stay alive at some point, because I love what you're doing. You're trying to do everything you, you, you know how to do and you're willing to take advice from people. And I think that shows also a lot of character, I think, within the, you know, the business owners and the people that are working there. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's really, really awesome. So um, is there anything else that you guys wanted to kind of chat about on this podcast? Or did we kind of cover everything at this point? I know we talked a lot about a lot of stuff. We did cover a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if, you, if there's nothing else, go ahead and let everybody know just, uh, you know, where they can find you guys, how they can get in touch with you guys, whether it's, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter. I know, Ryan, you don't probably want a bunch of people blowing up your LinkedIn or whatever. But, uh. No, I, actually, I, just, I, I encourage it, honestly. And Z, okay. that's how you and I connected, right? He, that here's is a true. prime example of how social networking uh, can work. And it, it never met Z person. This was just a, I sent him a uh, LinkedIn message, you know, promoting this new podcast. Not trying to sell anything. What's that? Not trying to sell anything. Not trying to sell anything. Yeah, but it was just exactly. interesting. But it was, it was just, hey, like, give it a listen. Let me know what you think. If you think it sucks, I want to know that it sucks. Give me the feedback, feedback on it. And then you just started kind of going through and, and you were texting me as you're listening to each one uh, or through LinkedIn Messenger, each one. Yeah. And, and I was excited getting your feedback. And I'm sitting there tell, texting Chris saying, hey, this is, you know, someone's actually listening to us. And, and he, he likes it. He really likes it. So, <laughs> you know, that, that was our excitement uh, on it. I, so reach me out on LinkedIn. Use the platforms before we get into this. One more, one more tip. Yeah. Don't Absolutely. use the platforms as a direct the sales first. Nurture right. these people, provide value, give them free, give stuff away for free, your knowledge, educate, how-tos, guides, whatever it is, give that away for free. LinkedIn is a great way to do it. Don't abuse it by connecting with people and completely just selling your services. If you do it organically and you provide knowledge, the algorithms will pick you up. They'll start sharing it to more. People will start learning about you. And then through the LinkedIn message, they might reach out to you saying, hey, um, I like what you're doing. Hey, do you do this type of service? Can you help me here? And I think right. that's where it'll reach out. So reach out to me on LinkedIn, uh, Ryan Smith Marketing. If you type those three words in, you'll find it or go to Araxam, type in Araxam on LinkedIn, A-R-A-X-A-M. And then you can always find me at on Twitter and Instagram. It's Ryan Smith FLA as in Florida, Ryan Smith FLA. So that's where you can find me. Yep. And I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter as well. On Twitter, you can find me at Real Chris Caselli, R-E-A-L-C-H-R-I-S-C-A-S-A-L-E. And of course, as Ryan mentioned, Araxums, where we post a lot of our guides, how-tos, and other free information for getting your business off the ground in marketing. And of course, Digital Marketing Happy Hour. Uh, give it a listen and uh, tell us what you think. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I do want to say, for, and, and not to be biased or anything, I, I love the podcast. I listened to it right away when, when you sent it over to me, Ryan, and I, I truly enjoy the conversations that you have with uh, some of the people on there. Um, and so I do want to say great job on that, by the way, and, and everything that you guys are doing. And I also make sure to post all this, you know, in the, in the notes at the bottom of the podcast and in YouTube and everything else so that people can reach out to you guys. Um, and we'll continue the conversation on, on, on our different platforms that we have as well. So um, thank you guys so much for, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for sharing all the knowledge. I truly hope that people do have a, a good sense of what they need to do to survive and also the tools that they can use that are free and, and how they can use them. And, you know, if anybody has any questions, uh, feel free to reach out to Chris or Ryan directly, reach out to me and I'll get you connected over to them, however you want to do it, whatever is easier. Um, and yeah, just thank you guys again for sharing your knowledge. I think it goes a long way with people and uh, hopefully the, the, the Googles will pick this up and maybe, uh, you know, people will learn a few things and come to you guys and let you know that, hey, um, you know, this is what I picked up here and this is what we need to do for our business in terms of content marketing and different things. So thank you guys so much for sharing all that knowledge. I really appreciate it. Pleasure was ours. This was a blast. We got to have you on a happy hour one time. There we yeah, go. Yeah. Bring your drinks. Yeah, we'll figure it. yeah exactly. I'll, I'll figure, I'll, I'll get in touch with you guys and we'll figure something out. I would love to do that. That, that sounds amazing. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Z. All right. Cheers, thank guys. You. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye.